Thank you, Father. It's so good to be here today with you guys. So thanks for having me. Um, Let's just turn our attention to the presence right now. It's very easy when somebody gets up here to speak that we get into sermon mode, right? And we sit here waiting for the sermon, but actually the worship never stops. The worship experience never stops. Worship isn't a moment in time or an event. Oh, here we go. (laughs) It's not a moment or a time in time. It's not an event. It's obviously, it's in a lifestyle. And your spirit inside you is always constantly worshiping him. Yeah, the only thing that's missing is our awareness in here of what our spirit is doing all the time. Wow, that's amazing. Because you've been born again, you're a new creation. It's such good news. Wow. So if it helps you, just close your eyes right now. I really don't want you to be distracted by me. Obviously, I'm talking to you, so that will be difficult. (laughs) But I want your spirit to engage with Holy Spirit right now. Because his presence is just, he just wants to release something right now. Wow. Thank you for, whoa. Wow, Father, thank you, God. Whoa. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Ho. Oh, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Ho! Thank you. Wow. Wow, God. Wow, wow, God. Thank you, Lord. Wow. <laughs> The Lord is just releasing grace into people's bodies right now. Yes. He's releasing grace into people's bodies right now. Wow. And I feel like the Lord is actually depositing hope in people's spirits right now. He's actually depositing uh, relentless hope into people right now. I feel like there are people in the room that you're going to come into an unusual experience of hope. It's like a profound change in your life, a level of hope that you've never experienced before. And it will almost feel so unusual that you'll almost feel worried about it. <laughs> it's like, what? This, I don't normally react like this. This feels weird. And if, I just want you to remember this, what I'm saying right now, because when that happens, it's because the Lord is saying, I'm releasing something new in you right now. I'm releasing a profound confidence when you face the, wow, when you face the impossible. He's releasing a profound confidence in the goodness of God. And it doesn't come from you. It comes from him. He's releasing that into people in this room right now. Wow, thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody's wrist is being healed right now. Somebody's got a problem with their wrist. If you've got a problem with your wrist, could you put your hand in the air and let me know, please? Who is that that's got a problem with their wrist right now? It's you. Is that right? And over there as well? Where was it over here? Oh, you at the end. Wow, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, God is healing that right now healing that right now i just want to make a bit of an announcement because um every time i speak people get healed and 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 um (laughs) it's true (laughs) Um, every time i speak people get healed and um i was with rochelle in harlem recently we had a lot of fun um it was a really good weekend and i was saying the same thing there and obviously in our um sort of european (laughs) mindsets we can sometimes hear somebody wow, say something like that, and we, we can think, oh, that sounds a bit arrogant. That sounds a little bit presumptuous and a bit arrogant. But I'd, I just want you to know that my confidence isn't in me. 
I don't believe that I am an amazing anointed speaker or anything like that. It's not. I'm just confident that he is who he says he is. Yeah? And we just sang about that. We just sang that he's the miracle worker, that he's the promise keeper. And my confidence is completely in that. Yeah? And it says that when you preach the word, signs will accompany it. Yeah? So when I preach and I declare that he is healing people, he's doing it. And a lot of the time I don't even realize he's doing it. I'm just extremely confident. So what I kindly ask you to do is to put our Britishness or whatever else. Some of you, I know you maybe aren't British, but it's maybe you're taking it on from, from us. But let's put that to one side for a while. Yeah. And when you, what I want you to do is as I'm speaking, when the Holy Spirit is doing something in your body, I want you to raise your hand and interrupt me. Yeah, because I would much rather stop what I'm doing and pay attention to what he's doing. I, when I was, um, I was explaining this in Harlem, and to their credit, they really took it on board. I was really impressed. Sometimes I do this and, and people still don't do it. They're like, they don't put their hand up and I declare these words of knowledge and no hands go up. And, uh, you know, sometimes I declare a word of knowledge and I'll be like, I may have missed that one. I might have got that one wrong, but then there are many times where in my spirit, I know, I know that I know that I know that it was right. I can feel it. And I trust that because that's Holy Spirit bearing witness to my spirit. And I know that it's real. And still no hands go up. And at the end of the service, people come up to me and go, oh, that was me. Yeah, I've had, I've had it for like, I've had it for 40 years and it got instantly healed. I'm like, why didn't you do that? <laughs> And it's important because when you share your breakthrough, other people get to benefit and they receive breakthrough. When you share your breakthrough, faith gets released in the room. Suddenly it activates something in us and we're like, wow, he's, he's really doing it. He's really healing people right now in the room. He's really doing it right now. He's doing miracles right now. And that's what happens. So in Harlem, we had people in that. They were actually like started interrupting me straight. I think as soon as I said that, hands went up. People started, and this man said that he'd had a, a regular heartbeat his whole life. And he put his hand on his chest as I said that. I didn't call out a word of knowledge for heart. I just started explaining that God does stuff. And half the time I have no idea what he's doing. And I find out later. And he said he put his hand on his chest and he had a regular heartbeat for the first time in his life. There was another lady who, when I was talking, she... Um, she put her hand up and I said, what's going on? And she said, um, I've had depression. I can't remember if she said her whole life, but it was all like 40 years, something like that. And I literally felt the depression leave me and joy flood into me for the first time. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. There was another lady who was, uh, she was in her 70s. And she said, I think it was when she was eight years old, she developed a serious lung condition. And she said, as you called out this word about this, I think I can't remember. If I said it was lungs actually, but it was kind of the throat and lung area. Um, she said she felt fire going through her lungs, and suddenly they just started to feel like they were just being completely made new. That's that was all happening when I didn't even know that. I wouldn't have not known that that was happening if people hadn't raised their arms and put their hands in the air and just been a bit, a little bit kind of um, un-European, I suppose. Um, so I really want to encourage you to do that because God is going to be healing people throughout this service. Yeah? The question is, will we partner with him? The question is, will we partner with what he's already doing? Because he's always healing people. He's Jehovah Rapha. So he can't, he can't help himself. 
He can't help himself. We might not think that he's in the healing mood. We might not think that it's the time to do it. We might not think it's, oh, this isn't the designated healing time. No, no, ministry time, in the Holy Spirit, you, you misunderstood. The ministry time's at the end of the service, right? We get people to come up to the sides, and we have our prayer teams. I think you've misunderstood. He's like, no, he, I am the healer. I am the healer, so I will always be healing. But will you partner with me? Will you be attentive to what I'm doing? Will you partner your faith with my truth? Yeah? Wow. Thank you, Father. I had a couple of other words as well. So I feel like there's a man with a shooting, kind of shooting pain that goes up the lower half of your leg. Um, Put your hand in the air if that's you. I don't know if it's like a kind of constant pain or a temporal pain. But I feel like there's somebody in the room that that applies to you. Shooting up pain, kind of like in the lower half of one of your legs. I don't know which one it is. Oh, that's you, is it? Yeah. Do you have it right now? Not right now. How do, when do you have that then? Okay, it's like a hot pain. And what, what does it certain things that bring that on or certain types of activity? Today it's okay. When you're tired. Well, the Lord is releasing grace in that leg right now. He's releasing grace in that right now. Thank you, Father. Um, Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Wow. The Lord is also healing diabetes and kidney-related problems. Yeah. That's, That's good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Has anyone got an issue in that area? Kidney or diabetes? You here. And over there. Thank you, Father. Wow. And over here. Wow, God. I feel that so strong. The Lord is actually manifesting in your body. right? I actually feel it going down the left side of someone's body right now. Oh, thank you, Father. It's going down the left side of someone's body right now. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Wow. Wow, thank you, God. Wow, thank you, Father. Uh, Ears are being opened up right now. Ears are being opened up. Anyone with partial hearing loss, the Lord is opening up. He's popping open ears right now. In Jesus' name. Over here. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just release grace into those ears right now in Jesus' name. I just command those ears to open right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. What I want you to do is if, if you have anything, it doesn't need... Sorry? Ah, okay. Thank you, Father. If you feel, it doesn't need to correspond with something I called out, but if you feel some God touching your body in any way, please start to put your hand in the air. Because what you're going to do is you're going to actually, by taking that step of partnering with Him, even if you feel a 1% of something happening, by partnering with Him and paying attention to what God is doing, as opposed to what we see isn't happening, that makes sense by partnering with what he is doing that faith that's that multiplies it in your body 
yeah that brings increase in your body so please do that for your sake please do that so that you can experience the fullness of what he wants to release in your body all right so we're okay with the interrupting everyone on board with the interrupting today you are we going to do this we're going to do it all right come on thank you father how many people know that we are called to live offensively we are called to live offensively right And I believe that God wants to release something through you into this community here because the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. That's what Jesus said, didn't he? The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and it's always increasing. It's always increasing. It's always expanding. It's It's never operating defensively. It's only ever increase and multiplying. And um, I really believe that God, God wants to release something here. I really believe he wants to release something fresh here yeah. through this community. I really, really believe it. I really, really feel it. I feel like there is just, there is a real heart of compassion and love in this room. I feel like there's a real com- heart of compassion and love and that there are people, that you are a community of people who just, who get alongside people. You're really good at getting alongside people and just loving people. You know, like Heidi Baker says, stop for the one. And I really feel like there's people, community of people here are just really really great at getting alongside people and stopping for the one and i just feel like the lord is saying that i want to release power through that love i want to release a baptism of power through that love amen now how many people know that i'm going to just mention coronavirus because it's important that we talk about this and how many people think, no, obviously I know that for certain people, you know, it is life-threatening and it has been life-threatening. But how many people know that globally, the biggest threat, the most dangerous thing about coronavirus is actually fear? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, actually, I don't actually believe that the devil believes that this is going to wipe out the human race. <laughs> I actually believe that his primary strategy behind it is fear. It's actually to release Fear. Why? Because he wants to stop the church from taking ground. He wants to stop the people of God from taking ground. Now, I just want to talk about authority for a minute. Because it amazes me how, many, how often as Christians, when we, when we think about things like healing, we feel confident to pray for someone else as if we have authority over the sickness or the ailment or the condition in their body. We, take, we, we believe that we can take authority over that and pray for that to be healed. Yet we fail to walk in our God-given authority over our own bodies. So often. Now, in John, I'm just going to quickly turn to John 10. Um, I'm not going to stay here too long, but in uh, verse 17, Jesus says, The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. Now, I'm not suggesting we get to control when we die, right? And I'm not, suggest, I'm not suggesting that we are like Jesus in that sense, that he knew exactly what was going to happen and how it was going to end for him. But there is something that we can take from this. 
in that a life that is fully yielded to God, when your life is fully surrendered to God, that person is not a victim. That person is not a victim of circumstance. They are not a victim of the devil. When you're in submission to God, you receive your commission from God. And with that comes authority. Amen? When you're living life in submission to God, you get your commission from God, and with that comes authority. When Jesus sent out the 72 in Luke 10, what did he tell them? He said to them, I have given you authority. So they, they were submitting to Jesus. He was, and in that submission, as part of the, as his disciples, they received their commission to go out and bring the gospel. And then with that commission came authority. And he said, I have given you authority to trample on the snakes and the scorpions and to overcome how much power of the enemy? all the power of the enemy nothing will harm you nothing what were the 72 doing they were, they were going out two by two weren't they into the villages ahead of Jesus preaching the kingdom and healing all the sick that they could find yeah and he, he gave it to them as an instruction heal the sick it was a, it was a given that it would be happening. As they preach the kingdom, they'd be healing the sick at the same time. So they're going out two by two into all the villages, announcing the kingdom, preaching the kingdom of God, and healing the sick. So Jesus is saying here that as you were walking, I mean, they were walking everywhere they went, weren't they? So as you're walking, as you're walking and you're advancing, I've made it so that as you go, as you walk, You'll trample on all that stuff. All that stuff that the devil's trying to do, I've just made it so that you don't even really need to know what he's doing, but I've made it so that you just focus on doing what I told you to do. I told you to preach, I told you to heal. And as you go, you'll find that you're trampling on all that stuff that the devil's trying to do. That's, that's what he said, that's his promise. What's the one thing that the, this virus is making people do? What's the one thing it's trying to make people do and that it's actually starting to happen? Stay indoors. Stop advancing. Hold back. Stay home. That's an enemy strategy. But here's the thing. The protection doesn't come as we sit back. The protection is given as a promise as we advance. It's in the advancing that the protection comes. As you walk, you trample. It's quite, how many people know that it's quite hard to trample when you're sat down? <laughs> it's quite hard to trample when you're sat down at home, in your room, afraid to even open the front door. It's quite hard to trample on anything. As you go, as you walk, you trample. So the, the promise is given as we advance, as we're advancing the kingdom. Now, Am I saying that God's protection is conditional? I guess yes and no, right? It's not conditional on our perfect behavior. It's not conditional on us getting everything right. But it's conditional on one thing. Believe. That we trust him. 
that we believe him, that we believe that he is true to his word, that he doesn't lie, that if he said it, he's doing it already. How can you tell if someone trusts him? How can you tell whether you trust him? How can we tell whether we actually trust him? Nothing holds us back from following him. Nothing holds us back from following him. Um, a few years ago, I was, um, it was a, a, a friend of a friend kind of thing who had um, a granddaughter that just just been born. And this granddaughter that had just been born um, developed meningitis and was, it got very, very bad very quickly. This baby was in hospital and this baby was um, very, very seriously ill and they were worried about brain damage um, and all kinds of other problems. <clears throat> and um, I got this message come through. The parents weren't believers, they weren't Christians, but I got this message come through from the grandmother saying... Um, you're the only person I know who actually believes in this kind of stuff. So can you pray? Now, this um, doesn't reflect very well on me, but I was really tired at the time, so I actually took a nap on the sofa. And as I was having a nap on the sofa, I had a dream. And in this dream, this clock struck. I can't remember. I think it was 8 o'clock. I can't remember what the significance of that was at the time. It was 8 o'clock. And then I saw this field of flowers... And this breeze just blowing through, gently blowing through this field of flowers. And when I woke up, I realized that the flowers were poppies. Now, this little baby girl was called Poppy. And um, I didn't know what to do with that, so I just shared, the, shared this picture with them. And I wrote it down on, a message, on an email, sent it to the grandmother. And she, she said to me that as, as my phone pinged with the email, before I even opened it, I felt fire go through my body so she because she's receiving it for the granddaughter right anyway within two hours the daughter was the little girl was completely healed and was discharged from the hospital well a crazy thing happened is six months later when she's six months old i get another message saying she's got meningitis again and what are the chances of getting meningitis twice and I was like, wow, this is really crazy. And, um, so, and I was at work at the time, and I just decided, right, that's it, I'm going into that hospital. I'm going to lay my hands on that, on that girl. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop me doing that. Because I love what Chuck Parry says. Anyone know who Chuck Parry is? Yeah. He's the director of the healing rooms at Bethel Church. And I love what he says is that when people come up to him and say, oh, maybe you shouldn't come near me, I've got a life-threatening disease. And he says, that's okay, because I've got a disease-threatening life. <laughs> it's a great quote. <laughs> and it's just this, it's true. You've got so much life inside you that it kills disease. Like disease, if disease comes, disease really shouldn't come near you, because if it does, it's going to die. Like that's the reality of it. But the, the, truth, the fact is, are we partnering with that? Do we believe that? I was, I was just like, I'm going in that room. I don't care if they don't want me in that room, if they say it's unsafe, contagious, whatever, but I'm going to put my hands on that baby. So I went, in that, went down to the hospital, and 
I went, first of all, I went, said to the mum and dad, I said, so you, um, you do know that God healed your baby last time, don't you? And they were like, mm-hmm. And I was like, so have you decided to follow Jesus yet? And they said, well, we're, we're th- we do know we need to do that, but we're thinking we're going to do that one day. And I, I was like, well, can I suggest today is that day? <laughs> I was like, can I suggest today is that day? And I said, I'm not trying to apportion blame to you, but what happened is God invited you into something. He invited, invited you to step into his kingdom and to occupy something, and you've not done that. And what you've done is you've left a void. So in the enemy, I just said, the devil, like it or not, the devil is real, and he wants to attack your family. And you've, you need to step into what he's got for you right now. So they just got born again right there. And then I said, I said by the way, before, before we do this, God's going to heal her today anyway. I was like, I don't need you to. I want you to do this for you as a family so that you don't have to have any of this rubbish going on in your life anymore. And they were like, okay. Then I went in there. I put my hand on her. She immediately stopped twitching. She'd been twitching all the time because, you know, it's affecting the brain and stuff like that. She slept peacefully through the night, woke up, was instantly healed sent home she, God's so good now let, let me just make one thing clear because otherwise I'll get in trouble with Pete Carter who's our, who's our leader uh, one of our leaders at Eastgate but he's also a medical doctor I'm not saying don't take medical advice right I'm not saying don't take medical advice follow the precautions that you feel like you want to follow but whatever you do do it in faith Whatever you do, do it in faith, not fear. That's right. Yeah? You know, some Christians have more faith in medicine than they do God. Some have faith in the God of miracles, but they have what I would say is an unhealthy distrust of medicine. You know, the smart thing to do is put all your faith in the God who provides both miracles and wisdom. How many people know doing something because you heard somebody talk about it in a preach or you saw it in a video, that is not faith. That's not authority either. That's imitated authority. And in Acts 19, I think it is, we see what happens when the seven sons of that Jewish priest try and imitate what the apostles are doing. Yeah, because they, they hear somebody, they're copying what somebody else is doing, but it hasn't come from an inner conviction in their own life. And that does attract the attention of the spirit world, but it's the wrong kind of attention. (laughs) It's not the kind of attention you want. Faith is an inner conviction. It's an inside-out thing. Yes, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, but it's the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. That's right. Yeah, so we hear the word of God, and the Holy Spirit leads us into that truth so so we can occupy it. Ah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. So not taking medical advice can be dangerous. That's true. But the most dangerous thing that you can do in your life is live in obedience to fear. The most dangerous thing you can do in your life is live in obedience to fear. You know, fear isn't primarily an emotion, it's a spirit. That's why it says... God has not given us a spirit of fear. Because there is a spirit of fear, but he didn't give it. God has not given us a spirit of fear. How many people know if you obey that spirit, you're making it your God? You're making it your master? 
You know, Romans 1.17 says the righteous will live by what? Faith. The righteous will live by faith. Now, it doesn't say they are justified by faith, although we know that's true. It says they will live by faith. It's way bigger than just being justified. It's the only way they can live. The only way the righteous can live is by faith. It's the only way. In other words, that is how the kingdom works. Imagine if somebody, it's like the currency of heaven. Imagine if when somebody moved to the UK, they moved to the UK and then they just refused to use pound, pound coins. It was like, I'm just, no, I'm just not going to use those. You wouldn't get very far, would you? It wouldn't work. Life would start to get very, very difficult. So whatever we do, whether we decide to sanitize our hands and not touch our mouth and take every single letter of precaution that they give, or whether we decide we want to do something different, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying whatever you do, do it in faith. Do it in faith. Don't do it in fear. Imagine you are standing with Jesus 2,000 years ago. And everywhere you go, everybody's getting healed. You're seeing miracles happen all around you. Sickness is leaving people just by him coming into proximity with them. So he's not even needing to pray for people. He's just walking through villages. The sick are being healed just by coming into proximity with him. Demons are detecting his presence and they're running away and screaming for mercy. Now, imagine that there isn't just one, that there's a hundred Jesuses. Imagine that. Imagine what that looks like. Now look around the room. Look around the room around you. That's the truth you see around you. That's the truth you see around you. The only, th- the only reason that we don't often always see that as a reality is between our ears. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? You know, this is something that we're all familiar with, but, you know, and I actually feel like it's probably good to just talk about it briefly because it's often, often something that people who... Christians who believe in miracles get wrongly quoted about, about whether they believe that Jesus stopped being fully God when he was a man on earth. And it's, it's an important point to talk about. Because whilst Jesus remained fully God on earth, everything he achieved, he did as a man. Yes. And that's really, really important. If on any level we slightly believe that he did miracles and he did everything he did because he wasn't quite limited to the human condition in the same way we are. Well, we have to also believe that the same is true when he died on the cross. Yes. Now think about that. Think about where that goes. If that's the case, we're believing the wrong gospel and in fact no gospel at all. Because... If he wasn't fully human in every way, and it says he had to be made like his brothers in every way. That's what it says in Hebrews. So if that wasn't the case in every way, the same as us, then he wouldn't have been able to take our place on the cross. I, um, a friend of mine who's in my team at church, 
he's normally like the most cheerful guy, full of life. He walks in the room and he's like, there's a big smile on his face. And the other week he walked into my office and he didn't look right. And um, I said, oh, you're right, Phil. And he goes, I'm not doing well at all. I'm not feeling good at all. And I, and I was like, what's, what's going on? And he, he said, well, I have to take these um, testosterone injections regularly. And um, suddenly I've just recently, I've just started to feel really, really ill. And really, really just not right at all. It feels really serious. And I've been to the hospital and they said that, um, that the injections are thickening my blood to a degree that it's dangerous. And I'm, at, so I'm now at really high risk of a stroke or heart attack. And basically there, there was an unhealthy concentration of red blood cells. Now, I didn't ask him at the time why, he'd, why he needed the injections or any of that. As he's telling me this, we sat next to me, and I just start putting my hand on him, and I prayed this prayer, and it went something like this. <laughs> and immediately he goes, wow! And he just felt power go through his body. Uh, uh, this is just... <laughs> <laughs> this is why I tell you what I mean. I really don't know what I'm doing, but Jesus does. So that's a good thing. I'm really glad that he does know what he's doing. And I have no idea. I had no idea why I did that. That's just what I did. I almost interrupted him. I didn't say, oh, could I pray for you? I didn't do things the right way, but he's a friend, so I figured he'd be all right with it. I just started doing that. <laughs> and he said, and then a moment later, very quickly, he said, I feel better already. He goes, I, f- I feel great. He goes, wow, I feel, I feel really, really good. And I was like, that's awesome. I said, I want you to do something which is really, really important. And he goes, what's that? I said, when you leave the room, I want you to set a reminder on your phone to go off every 15 minutes. And every 15 minutes when that reminder goes on, I want you to take a moment, stop whatever you're doing, remember this moment that you just experienced with God right now in this room. And I want you to put yourself back in that place and thank God. And say, wow, thank you, Jesus, for what you did and what you're releasing in me from that. Yeah. And, and he said, okay. Now, he since told me that when he walked out of the room, he just thought, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, he just, he just, he, but then he stopped himself. He goes, you know what? I'm going to do it. I am going to do it. So he did it. He set a, f- a reminder every 15 minutes. I said, just, you don't have to do it for the rest of your life. Just do it for like today and tomorrow. And, and what you'll do is it will... Because what, what I see many, many times, you know, I've been privileged over the years to see probably thousands of miracles. But there have been many people who they experienced something profound with God and then something happened. They walked out the door and it's like they left the miracle in the room. <laughs> Does that make sense? They walked out the door and they left the miracle in the room. Why? Because they walked out the door. They didn't change the way they think. Yeah? And what they went back into old mindsets and they started partnering with the fear. They started worrying about what might happen and what might not be happening and what might be happening, what it might mean, instead of paying attention to what God is actually doing right now. And I said to him, if you do that, that is going to be critical. And so he did it. And... um, a few days later, he called, he called me up and he goes, I, feel, I still feel amazing. I feel so good. I've got all my energy back and everything. And he goes, 
but he goes, at the end of the week, I've got to go back in um, because they've got, to, um, take, they've got to take loads of blood out of me because they, you know, they need to uh, remove loads of blood and then pump it back in. And um, so when he was doing that, they went in and they basically, he, got, he had an appointment where he had an experience where they kind of said to him, oh, you're going to be doing this every month for the rest of your life now. You're going to be coming in here, having to do this with your blood every, every month for the rest of your life because this isn't going to get better. And he absorbed that bad news and also started to feel physically weaker because of the, the blood being removed. So then he, he, he speaks to me a few days later and he goes on the phone, he goes, I feel, I feel awful. I feel awful. And, and I said to him, and he told, told me what happened. I was, like, I was like, no, 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 no. You're just feeling tired because they took the blood out. And I was like, they're, 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 the reason they're saying that, um, that you're going to have to be back here for the rest of your life is that they're not doing anything wrong, but they're looking at data that they got from before yeah. I p- prayed with you. And he goes, oh, yeah. I just said, <laughs> I, I said, I said I, I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing in your body. And he goes, you are? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited. I'm extremely confident of his goodness being released in your body right now. And he goes, wow. He goes, I feel better already. <laughs> um, a few days later, he calls me up, and he's feeling amazing. And he says, um, you know what? They, they said, they called, they've called me, and they said, we can't explain it. And I was like, what? And they go, well, they, they said, this, we can't understand how this is possible, but your levels have gone down to a normal level, and we think we don't need to see you for at least six months. And that will be just to check in that everything's still looking good. Um, now, what I, don't, what I didn't realize is, so he basically got, in that moment of laughter, he got two healings. Right? So he was taking the testosterone injections for low mood and kind of depression-related stuff. So he now doesn't need to take the, those injections anymore because <laughs> God's just healed him. He doesn't need them anymore. And then his blood got healed as well at the same time. Aren't you glad that you don't have to know what you're doing? Wow. He's so good. He's so good. Wow, I'm not doing well for time. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Matthew 6, 34, you know when Jesus is teaching about do not worry? The message translation, I love it. It's really, really good. It's exactly what I'm talking about right now. You know, it doesn't just say don't worry about tomorrow. It says this. It says... Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Yeah. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. That's right. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. I think one of the main things that God has given me to do and asked me to do is to encourage Christians to pay attention to what God is doing right now. Right. You know, we spend so much of our lives meditating on what might or might not happen to us. We're either, we're either in the past meditating on what did go wrong or we're, in the, we're meditating on the future about what might go wrong. And God is saying, no, just give your attention to what I'm doing right now. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when we just do that. Christianity is actually not that complicated. Amen. We've made it way more complicated than it is. Wow. Thank you, Father. I am... Um, a few weeks ago, I, um, one of my um, kids had to have something checked out that kind of looked like it needed to sort of 
be fairly urgently uh, checked out. So got a doctor's appointment quickly. I didn't feel worried about it, but I was praying, praying about it one day. And I was at church one morning. I was just worshipping God. And, um, and I just remembered something that's been happening to me a lot recently. So I've been walking around and feathers just keep pop- falling out of the air and landing on me. Now, and I don't mean when I'm outside. I don't mean like I'm walking past some guttering where pigeons are. I mean like I'm in a sealed room. There's a low ceiling. There's nothing around me at all. And suddenly a feather just appears out of nowhere and lands on me. And it's been happening more and more. And I love it when I experience God doing things that I don't understand. That It just reminds me of his presence with me. It reminds me of how good he is, how real his kingdom is, and I, I, I enjoy it. I don't often understand what these things are about, but I feel like I don't need to understand what they're about. Yeah? Because if I can feel his presence and I know that it's him, uh, all I need to know is he loves me and he's with me and he's for me. But this, at this moment in time when I'm praying about that particular thing, I, I, remember he, I felt like he reminded me about these feathers. I was like, but what does that mean? And he said to me, Actually, before that, I'll just tell you a funny story. So I've been, I, get, I get quite distracted by God. So, so the, other, the other week, we were in a budget meeting, because it's that time of year in churches where you have budget meetings. And we're in a budget meeting, and it's like 9.30 at night, and we're talking about something really serious to do with the budget, and suddenly one of these things starts <laughs> falling out there. And then suddenly I'm like... I'm sat in my chair. I'm trying to grab it because when my kids, when I've been telling them about it, he's like, Daddy, can you bring one for me? He's like, Daddy, can you get one for me? I want one. And um, so I'm like trying to grab this thing. And then, and then I'm on the floor like this, trying to find it. And everyone's looking around the room. <laughs> what is he doing? I said, sorry, there was a feather and I really wanted to get it for my son. And, um, but that, so he reminded me about, about this. And I was like, what does that mean? And he goes, Psalm 91, go to Psalm 91. I've heard Holy Spirit said to me so clearly, go to Psalm 91. I opened it up. Verse 4, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. Wow, wow God. He's, he physically manifested a psalm in before my eyes to remind me of his protection over my life. That it is without question. It is unquestionable. Psalm 91, you could not have a clear promise of protection over your life. But what's the one condition? The only condition? That we trust him. That we trust him. That we believe him. And how do we show him that we trust him? How do we show him that we trust him? By not holding back. By not staying home. By not being afraid. By refusing to partner with that spirit of fear. And saying no. No, I will not partner with that spirit of fear. We, you know, it's actually a choice. Now, I remember years ago, I had a, a little, a long time ago, a little um, health scare of my own. And I remembered at this moment, there was a moment in time where I realized, you know what? This fear isn't mine. That's right. I, <laughs> it's actually not mine. You know, I've been wearing it my whole life like it's mine. It's actually not mine. And it's literally like I realized, it's like the, the enemy is there. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, this belongs to you. <laughs> I, I think there's been a mistake here. I'm sorry, I've been carrying something that's actually yours. Because you're terrified because where you're going. 
You're terrified about where you're on your way to, and you can only recreate what you've already got. You don't, he doesn't create anything new. He recreates what he's already got. What he's got is fear. Yeah? And so he's trying to put that on you and convince you that it's yours, and it actually isn't. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to partner with that anymore. And I just suddenly broke out in laughter. Because it's not our fear. It's not our fear. Wow, thank you, Father. Yeah, we spend so much of our energy worrying about what might or might not happen. And that's how the world lives. When all the while, while this is going on, he's pouring his love and goodness into us. He's, he's literally doing it at the same time. The only thing that's missing is our awareness of it. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wow, somebody's elbow's being healed. Wow, thank you, Father. Who's got a problem with their elbow? Who's got a problem with their elbow? Yeah, which one? Which elbow is it? That one. How's it feeling right now? Okay. Uh, wow, thank you, Father. He's just releasing grace on that fire on that right now in Jesus' name. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, thank you. If you would, I really want to pray for you. I want to pray for anyone who feels like you want to be, um, because there's no, there's no shame in, in, at all in us admitting that fear has been a part of our life, right? I, I don't have time to tell you this story today, but I, up until a point in my life, I was completely ruled by fear. And actually, for me, the idea of even talking to two people at a time would make my throat close up. And I was, I was afraid of everything. And God set me free from that. But if, if you feel that you, something has resonated with you today and you want to be set free from fear, I would really like to pray for you. And if that's you, would you, like, would you mind standing to your feet? Don't feel any pressure to stand. But I feel like God wants to set, set people free right now. So Father, right now, I just release your presence right now in Jesus' name. Father, I release your goodness right now in Jesus' name. Father, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I feel like God wants you to almost just like see that fear in front of you. Grab a hold of it and literally pass it to him. And let go. Just grab a hold of it, see it in front of you, pass it over to him, and let go. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just bind the spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. I bind that spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. Because you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So Father, I just release your power and I release your love right now in Jesus' name. God, we just release your fire right now in Jesus' name. Release your fire in these people right now in Jesus' name. I just declare over every single one of them, wow, God, that you will not be set, set back by fear anymore in your life. I just declare fear has no hold over your life anymore in Jesus' name. Today is a new day for you. He says, I have given you boldness. I'm making you new like Caleb right now. You will no longer, I just declare the only giant in any room that you go into is you because you are a giant of faith. 
The only giant that you face as you go into any situation, any circumstance, is you, because you are a giant of faith right now. I just declare that over you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. All right. If you... Yeah. And um, I was driving here, I was a bit late, and I was asking God while I was coming here, why was my heart beating so fast? And he said it's fear. Hmm. So I believe that God has taken me. Come on. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. If you... um, experience healing in the service, you start experiencing something in the service, or you start experiencing something after the service, wherever it happens across the week, I would, can I just encourage you to tell someone? Yeah. I encourage you to tell uh, one of the leaders or a friend, well, ideally we do tell one of the leaders as well, because it's really important. It's amazing what can happen when we just steward even just one thing. Yes. When we steward and pay attention to the one thing that God is doing it, and it does, it always multiplies. I don't have time to talk about this now because I'm already supposed to finish. But, um, you know, I, I've seen through my life probably hundreds of people with deaf ears opened up. And it started when I paid attention to one person that had a, just a percentage increase improvement in their ear. And out of that, I've seen so many people's ears completely opened up because I just paid attention to the fact that he was doing it. And it... Hang on, look, forget about all this other stuff that we're doing right now. He, he's doing that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That means he's doing that right now. And so what happens is, is it's so powerful when we release that. But also in sharing that testimony, it also affirms something back to you. Yeah, it's powerful for your own life because sometimes you can, somebody can experience a healing and what the enemy wants to do is the enemy wants to be like, nah, you didn't really get healed. <laughs> And, and all kinds of like lies and accusations come at you. But when the declaration is given, I got healed. Jesus healed me today. It's like you take possession of that healing that is yours. Amen? Amen. All right, so just encourage you to do that. But bless you. Have a great rest of the day. <laughs>